Welcome, welcome, guys. We are back for another episode of The Lock-In. I'm joined, as usual, by four-time poker author and man who will be sitting next to me on the plane to Las Vegas this coming December, Dara O'Kearney. Hi, Davis. Great to be here as ever. Great to have you on. Congratulations, uh, by the way, on the much-anticipated new book, GTO Poker Simplified. It is on the virtual shelves, right? Um, Is it? Uh, I don't know. When, 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 when is this coming out? I mean, this is going out on Sunday. I'm trying to tee you up. I think it'll be out by Sunday I just, now. I suspect not, to be honest, because <laughs> but at this stage, I think Barry is just making up words uh, to explain why the book isn't out already. The latest one is formatting. Apparently, the book is in formatting, whatever the hell that means. I never remember our previous books having to go through something called formatting. So, yeah, I really think he's just making up words now at this stage. Uh, okay, so Dara's book is not out, and we will cover that on the next show. <laughs> But look, as promised on the last episode, I whispered it into my mic. We have a very special guest this week. He is the WPT Executive Tour Director. He is a tournament director uh, extraordinaire, it must be said. He is the founder of the TDA. He is a seven-time nominee to the Poker Hall of Fame. He is, of course, our great pal, Matt Savage. Matt, welcome. Hi, good to be here. It's great to have you on, Matt. Uh, Apart from all of those things, Matt, you are also a movie star. And expect to, to say that, uh, who played a key role in the 2007 Curtis Hansen movie, Lucky You. And you have recently lent that Hollywood star power, shall we call it, to a viral advert promoting the upcoming WPT win. It pains me, though, to say that you kind of got upstaged by your co-star in that ad. Can you tell us about it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Doyle Brunson, man. He's the man. And it was great to get him out on the strip, driving down in his uh, cart, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, him being on there uh, made the whole video a lot better than it would have been just me. That's for sure. <laughs> well, we are going to talk an awful lot more about the WPT win a bit later on. But before that, let's start with a controversial story. Don't know if you've heard this one, Matt, but Dara and I certainly have. Uh, True Georgie has been binned by poker stars. Some of you out there might understandably be shouting at your screen, who uh, but true Jordy's tenure as a partner or a friend or something of poker stars lasted barely three scaramucci's uh, when i did the mats on us and uh, on tuesday poker stars released the following statement they said we've terminated our contract with true Jordy with immediate effect at poker stars we are committed to making poker as inclusive and accessible as possible and do not tolerate any comments or attitudes that don't align with those inclusive values. YouTuber Brian Davis, a.k.a. True Georgie, who first made his name, as I recall, ranting about uh, footballer Niall Ranger back in 2013, was in hot water this week after he made what could only be described as an Islamophobic joke about social media personality Andrew Tate. During an online video, Davis said that Tate, a Muslim, should do the right thing and blow himself up. Since those disgusting comments went viral, he has been on a mission to protect his popular podcast and personal brand, including an I'm sorry video posted to his 2 million YouTube subscribers. In my opinion, it was a cynically crafted, monetized apology, and it did little to repair his image. Jim Shark also cut ties with them, saying, we do not condone racism, discrimination, or Islamophobia in any form. We do not agree with comments made by Brian, aka True Georgie, and have suspended our relationship with them indefinitely, effective immediately. Dara, your thoughts about Poker Star's very swift response on this? Yeah, it's not surprising given the comments. I mean, you can't really defend those comments at all. It, it it has been part of the poker world generally. They have been trying to engage with, let's say, edgier type people. 
Curiously enough, not so much in the poker space. In the poker space, all the big sites seem to play very safe. You know, uh, you don't you don't see people queuing up to uh, to sponsor Mike Madison, for example. But uh, but there's still a kind of a recognition that people like True Geordie, and I guess you know, on the American slash GG side, Dan Bilzerian, they they have a far wider reach, um, and that sort of gives the sites a sweet tooth for those things. And to be honest, I don't see anything wrong with reaching out to those people, but I think at the very least they should maybe give them some media training and tell them like what to definitely not say. Like we remember a few years ago when Full Tilt signed a bunch of our friends. Uh, including Ben Jenkins and Ben told us that basically they all got media training training immediately uh, telling them what what they could and couldn't say uh, in interviews um it I, I guess when you engage with somebody who's a for want of a better word big star in their own right like true Geordie or Dan Bilzerian maybe they're not even going to listen if you try to do that but I think if you told them up front like these are these are things which are likely to result in your con in your um, contract being terminated, that that, that could be effective. Uh, it, there's no doubt they are effective in reaching a different type of audience. I mean, you mentioned the book earlier. We we actually have personal experience of this. The single biggest book promotion we've ever had in terms of effectiveness, in in terms of you know how many units it actually uh, translated into selling, was when um, we got my friend Paulina Lulliger, better known as Poker Bunny, to do a Twitter giveaway. Now she is probably somebody as well that a lot of sites would look at and go, you know, maybe not the type of person we 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 want to be associated with. But she has a genuine reach, and she does en- she she engages much more strongly with the the poker community than a lot of uh, sponsored pros do. So I, I completely recognize the desire of the sites to try and find these people, but then once they find them, they seem to be a handful. Yeah, Matt, turning to you, I don't expect you to know who True Georgie is uh, or necessarily even have heard this story, but as a fellow poker ambassador, it's just not something we can tolerate in any shape or form, right? Even if Davis is truly sorry, which I personally doubt, to be honest, given what he said since, poker stars just had to express zero tolerance here for his behavior, right? Absolutely not. And of course, with the, you know, with the World Poker Tour, we have all these new ambassadors, you know, kind of got to worry about what they said. And of course, you know, Doyle Brunson has had his opinions on things in the past, uh, political, non-political. But, you know, a lot of those things uh, kind of seem to uh, depend on who the person is. You know, uh, if you know that the person has a, a good heart and it doesn't really uh, meaning any harm by any of those things, it might come off a little differently. But uh, in this case, it sounds like something that definitely uh, a person had to go after making those comments. Yeah, it was noteworthy to me that there was already perhaps a bit of tension uh, on the horizon between Stars and True Georgie. Uh, Davis did a problematic podcast, I recall, back in 2019 about Madeleine McCann and Poker Stars are now partner with the Missing Persons charity. Those two things didn't seem to go together. Anyway, mark my words, this guy is going to scream cancel culture from the rooftops. He's probably going to get a ratings boost as a consequence of this controversy, but he's going to get a number of his money streams taken from him. That's sort of how this works. My attitude there is, you know, no, mate, you haven't been cancelled. You still have your platform, you still have your audience, and some might have found your shitty joke funny, and some might not care that much, and some might care, but forgive you. Um and when the dust settles, you probably actually have attracted others, which is sort of a, a different thing. What has happened here, though, is that a lot of companies won't want to be associated with your brand. And as a consequence, your available streams of income are going to be limited to, I don't know, fucking my pillows or boner pills. <laughs> and 
you know, that chap isn't cancel culture. That's capitalism, frankly. Um, it costs virtually nothing to make a podcast these days and put it out. So nobody's canceled you. So some decent people and companies who care about the perception uh, of supporting indecency uh, have decided, no, thank you, not for me. Um, any other thoughts there, guys? Not for me. I just uh, know that, uh, you know, it's a different world. You know, what you could say 25 years ago is what you can't say today. That's for sure. Yeah, well said. Well, moving on, nicer story now. The Irish Open has been announced for April of next year, but it's going to boast a new look in more ways than one. Party Poker have been the main sponsor of this event for the last few years, but they're out and Flutter Paddy Power and Flutter Poker Stars in combination are coming in for a sort of uh, joint sponsorship. A sensible move, it must be said, from Stars to partner with their business bro, I guess you could call them, uh, attach themselves to Europe's oldest and, may I say, finest poker tournament. Um, in another switch up, the City West Hotel has been the home of this festival since 2016 and a very suitable location. It's now become a Ukrainian refugee facility uh, here in Ireland, so it will not be possible to host the event in 2022 three there the new venue will be the rds in the center of dublin certainly a very nice venue but dara maybe a little bit too posh for us poker players what do you think yeah i mean it's pro it's it's essentially embassy country it's the poshest part of the central central part of dublin so you know rents are sky high hotels are very expensive restaurants are expensive etc etc and those are kind of the issues with it the rds is a great venue and and um stars had an ept back there around 2015 2016 um that ran very well as well so it's a good venue but <clears throat> yeah extremely expensive um that's kind of the issue on the whole it, it, it is interesting too because that was around the time that Paddy Power essentially deserted the Irish Open um, as they placed less and less emphasis on poker. Now, essentially, what's kind of happened is Paddy have <clears throat> taken over stars. I mean, people when people look at stars and Paddy Power, they kind of think of Paddy Power as the small band, and that's certainly true within the poker space. But since Flutter is essentially the parent, which is um, which was created by a merger between Paddy Power and Betfair, um, it, it's essentially the Flutter people who are calling the shots. Now, it makes a lot of sense for them. Um, as they try to position stars to compete again with the with the with GG and with the the the, the coming threat of brands like WPT Global um, to try and associate themselves with arguably Europe's most prestigious tournament, certainly the oldest. No um, argument, Dara. No argument. Yeah. Uh, well, I think maybe the Dutch Masters has a, has, a, has a shout of that as well. But um, it's 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 certainly a good move for them. It'll give them a lot of visibility. It's an extremely um, well regarded tournament. Um, so it, they they obviously had a bit of difficulty because Party have kind of stepped back quite a lot from from sponsorships. We saw them part way with a lot of ambassadors, <clears throat> and they're not. They don't seem to have the same appetite for live anymore. Um, so it's it's really fortuitous timing for the Irish Open that it's at a time when when stars slash body power slash flutter um, are looking to to up their involvement in the live arena. Yeah, well said, uh, Matt. I'm not sure if you have ever attended an Irish Open. Actually, it was certainly I haven't, and I haven't. And Mike Sexton used to tell me all the time, "You got to go to this event. It's the best of the year." And and all of that. And uh, I've heard so many stories from it. So as long as there's a few pubs nearby, I think the, the tournament will go off well. <laughs> well, I was actually going to exactly say to you that it was a fave destination of your former colleague, Mike. Um, but I'm sure 
you know and know of the tournament well. It is one of those sort of famous yeah. ones outside Vegas, the oldest tournament there ever was. Um, any plans to come to it some year? I would hope so. I went to Ireland for the first time ever uh, in 2019, and uh, it was you know a trip that I definitely want to get back to. Uh, of course, being around poker, it wasn't during a, a poker trip, but uh, to see some of the people, Scott Gray and uh, uh, Padraig over there when I was there, uh, it made my trip even better. So uh, a good time. I definitely want to go back and hopefully we can come back in the near future. Yeah, we'd love to see it over these parts uh, for sure. Dara, one final thing on this. There's no doubt that we will miss the combo Norwegian Championships Irish Poker Open Super Festival that's been put on by Froda and JP the last six or seven years. They're taking the Norwegians to Bratislava now next year and obviously the RDS new venue, uh, potentially interesting venue for us, as I said, a little bit posh. So I think maybe hotel prices are going to be a bit steeper than usual. I'm worried that it will affect turnout. What do you think? Um, it's hard to say because <clears throat> I think the, the Norwegians were super important to the Irish Open when the Irish Open kind of hit its low point around mm. the middle of the last decade when Paddy pulled out and essentially they had no real sponsor um, for a couple of years. And I think once JP took it over and he was able to sort of leverage the Norwegians as well, the combination worked quite well because um, particularly when they when they had the Norwegians before, because what would happen is a bunch of Norwegians would come over. Most of them would do their money, but some of them would do quite well. And that would tempt them to stay on then for the Irish Open. So there was a sort of a, a, an increase in numbers. I think that they also hit the sweet spot with the with the. Um, uh, the, the buy-in level. I mean, we remember all sorts of different buy-in levels for the Irish Open. First one I played was um, 4,200 euro. Um, and then we saw different three different buy-in levels tried 3,000, 2,500, uh, 2,200. The 1K re-entry seemed to just be the sweet spot um, and that, that, that increased the numbers. So I think uh, numbers will be somewhat affected, but not greatly, to be honest, because there's just so much positive buzz about the Irish Open. And each one seems to be bigger than the last in recent years um, that I think it's still going to do very, very well. Certainly true. Well, keeping with the Irish team for just a moment, there was some very big online poker tournaments this past week. And the replacement W Coop Main and a sprinkling aside events making for a sort of mini festival over there. Big, big prizes, though. Uh, I'd like to shine a light on some Irish performances as there was yet more evidence of the Irish outperforming on the world stage, given our relatively small numbers. Uh, our great pal Porrick Smidge O'Neill ran deep in both the 1K and 10K W Coupe mains, finishing 14th and 27th, respectively. Irishman Ty Redden came 26th in the 1K. However, stealing all the headlines, not for the first time, must be said, was Alex Kulev, who took down the GG Super Millions for a career-best 538K. This is just the latest in a long line of huge online scores for Alex, who in 2022 alone... Uh, has binked the 1K Sunday High Roller for 116K, the 2K Mystery Bounty for 285K. I remember that. He was actually playing at my table on his phone uh, during the Irish Open while winning this tournament. Um, and then I think aside from that, he's had like three other six-figure results this year. Dara, a very simple question. Why are the Irish so good? Um, I think essentially what's happened is there's been a culture shift in Ireland over the last 10 years or so. It used to be the case that... Um, People associated certain characteristics, let's say, with with good poker. You know, having balls, um, being able to read people perfectly, all the, all this stuff. 
and there was a an underemphasis, let's say, on on the whole technical aspect of stuff. And the current generation that you're seeing coming through now, and Alex is certainly at the forefront of that. Uh, these are guys, they pretty much all approach, approach it exactly the same way. Uh, they come up, they learn to play, then they basically go into the lab and they study with the solvers really hard and they form groups and they go into different coaching programs. You know, I believe Alex um, was in BBZ um, as, and, they, and, and they basically just get very good, very fast, very uh, technically. And there's also not exactly the same need that there was back in the day to sort of grind your way up. You can actually... If you can prove that you're a top class player over a fairly large sample of even low stakes tournaments, um, you can get backing these days from one of the stables and almost all the top players now are are, are back. So that also accelerates the growth curve and also acts as an incentive to those guys. They know that, you know, if I study really hard, if I get really good, I'll be able to play all the big games um, and then I'll like Alex, I'll start to get some really big results. Well, man, I'm half joking and obviously half deadly serious about Gareth being so good there. The one trend we've seen down the years, and I'm sure it's a trend you've noticed as well, is there used to be this sort of sense of like the Europeans are coming, maybe it was World Series time or WPT kind of big one over in America time. And you'd be all licking your lips at the thought of all these donkey Europeans <laughs> arriving. And then obviously since Black Friday, we've been able to play millions of get, millions of hands a year still online. And, and maybe the vast majority of American players have had their sort of development or evolutionary development sort of made go very slowly as they can only play maybe some live poker uh, at their local casino or whatever they do. What do you think now when you hear the Europeans are coming? Oh, I, first of all, I hope, I hope they are coming for the win championship uh, for the world <laughs> poker tour. First, first of all. Um, but you know, they're the tough players. I think that, you know, we, uh, over here, when we know that Europeans are coming, we actually know that the field is going to be tougher. So uh, I, I believe that, you know, when they come over for the summer, uh, you see the results. They're doing quite well. Um, I love to see it, though. You know, obviously, I think that poker is a global game, and uh, that's been my big focus for the entirety of my career. So having Europeans and uh, the Asian players and the players from India and all over the world come to all these events, I hope they all get better and hope that, uh, you know, it makes for a better ecosystem for all of us. It's a nice thought. Well, you alluded to it there, how much you want them to all arrive uh, in, in I, I guess, maybe like December 1st would be good, but even you take December 9th or 10th. And um, that's, of course, because of this huge guarantee, 15 million at the win WPT. We heard of the grapevine, you love the sweat of a big guarantee. Are you <laughs> that sick? I do. I, I actually like the big sweat. Um, you know, you go back to the uh, tournament that we had at Seminole Hard Rock with a $10 million guarantee, uh, I loved it. Building up to that, it was just a, a lot of excitement. And I feel that and much, much more even going into December here at the win. So uh, I love the, the idea of a sweat. Uh, the following year, they did not hire me for that $10 million guarantee and they missed it by two and a half million. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure it's had nothing to do with me not being there, but I'm sure I could have saved a hundred K that's for sure. <laughs> Well, the World Poker Tour uh, have been a promotional juggernaut these past few weeks in an effort to hit this big one. It must be said that it can't help being in a head-on collision with EPT Prague. Have you a specific marketing strategy or ploy for getting the Euros to go stateside? Oh, just definitely having these the, the satellites, you know, the satellite winners that we've had already. We've already got 150 players qualified for that event. Wow. And, uh, We'll have an additional, what, 
uh, a total of over 500 satellite winners in this thing. So uh, for as, as far as that goes, we've never had that many qualifiers for this size buy-in on the World Poker Tour in the history of the event. So to think about that, I mean, if you are smart with your money, I think you're going to be at December uh, at the win. I, I just really believe that the field itself is going to be massive and uh, not that difficult. I actually think it's going to be, uh, I think it'll be a, a nice field uh, for everybody that comes and plays. Well, well, that is a great answer. It's actually the wrong answer. The, the correct answer was coming on the chip race to tell our audience about it because obviously exactly. we're, we're going to bring you, you know, thousands of people. <laughs> well, I'm happy you're coming. That's the main thing. And if people know that you're coming, I'm sure a lot of people will follow you. That's for sure. I'm not sure, Darren. Well, I think a lot of people might follow, but I think Darren may attest that that might keep some people away too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're probably quite a big draw in America. A, 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 a lot of the... Um... The negative stuff I hear about you is, oh, sure, that lad's American anyway. Um, <laughs> here, so he only he only tweets about American politics and uh, stuff Americans <laughs> care about. Very yeah. good. Uh, well, definitely uh, a lot going on these days, that's for sure. <laughs> there certainly is. It's certainly certainly a lot more interesting. Uh, Dara, historically, we've always played Prague. Uh, that is one of the great festivals of the year, the EPT in Prague, lovely time of year with the snow and fairness. You and I started, however, discussing the trip to Vegas and the win as a prospect fairly early on, like just around sort of as the announcement was made, I think it was just post uh, WSOP. Apart from being relentlessly, um, apart from, I suppose, my relentless mentions of that win buffet, which we love so much, why did you choose the WPT this time around? Um, well, the, the, a couple of reasons, um, not just win buffet related. I mean, the win itself is an amazing venue. Um, it's one of the best places um, I've ever played poker. And considering most of my Vegas experiences centered around the Rio in in uh, at the WSOP, not exactly a similar uh, surroundings. <laughs> so I don't have that happy, many happy memories. My happiest memories of Vegas are certainly when we went there for the Unibet 10th anniversary um, and the tournament was in the win. And it was just incredible. Also, just it's a really nice time of year to be in Vegas compared to the summer, where for most of us Europeans, it's a little bit too hot to go outside. Um, and there's another thing which I call the Brokos rule. Uh, Brokos uh, says that anytime a tournament, a live tournament has more than a thousand runners, it's going to be good because there just aren't a thousand good poker players in the world who play live poker. Um, so you know this this tournament needs to hit 1500 uh, to hit its guarantee. So it's 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 guaranteed going to be good. Now it has to be said, like EPT Prague is one of the best tournaments of the year in Europe, and also in terms of value because it gets massive runner fields too. It and Barcelona are clearly the two best uh, EPTs to play. Um, so there the, there is a competition, but from talking to just uh, and again you know small sample size, but just among my own um, group of friends. Most of them are looking to the win rather than um, uh, the Hilton in Prague, which I wouldn't have actually honestly expected, um, given given how well regarded APT Prague is. But I think people are seeing this as a sort of a this is a this is just a once in a lifetime amazing tournament. It's also a brilliant time of the year to be in Vegas and uh, a brilliant venue as well. People love playing in the win. Uh, everybody who's uh, ever gone to a WSOP had wished that they could play every day in the win uh, compared <laughs> to the other properties. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's a combination of all those things. Yeah, and it's a festival, too. It's not just uh, the main event. So, you know, yeah. we have a $2 million guaranteed 1100 which I believe will be well over $3 million, uh, by the time that's all said and done. And, of course, the mystery bounty, which these guys have kind of perfected, 
with that uh, $2 million guarantee as well. And then the women's championship, which is also going to be televised. So there's just a lot of buzz surrounding a lot of different events, even outside of the uh, main event. Of course, for me, uh, I made sure we have a decent amount of mixed games in there as well. So uh, a little something for everybody. Yeah, picking up on what Dara said there about the plushness of the win and you know how it's sort of the, the resort you want to be on when you go to Vegas. You guys obviously never shy away from picking the sort of fancy venues. I, I was there half-jokingly saying how maybe, just maybe, uh, the RDS in Dublin is a bit posh for poker players because I suppose I always associate here in Europe that like if it's too nice a hotel you almost don't get treated that well by the staff. I have to say, like we've been on a few UK IPT trips there over the years where the, clearly the, the the hotel weren't happy with the poker clientele. I suppose it maybe brought down the look of the place a little bit. Um, there was a tendency that post um, uh, crash, like 2011, 2012, they were very happy to take our business then. And then as things got a bit boomier again, they were like, oh, these poker players in here for a week ordering their pizzas to uh, the concierge and whatever. But uh, it's not that like that in, uh, in in Europe or sorry in America at all. You guys with the World Poker Tour and particularly those American stuff really go all out for those really nice venues and, and poker players may feel very welcome at them. Definitely, I think that uh, you know a lot of things that they're doing even outside of the poker itself uh, for us on the World Poker Tour. I like to say that you know my boss Angelica Hale has been just kicking my butt every day with calls and things that we we're setting up outside of just the poker itself. So we want to make it you know an event that not only poker players can come to, but, you know, the families of people that are at the poker place. It's what poker was supposed to be all about years ago uh, when it just turned to all focus on poker. The World Poker Tour years ago used to be about travel and, and experience and things like that. And I think we're going to bring a lot of that back uh, this December at Win. Very cool. Well, the big news coming out of your guys' camp this week is the signing of uh, Mr. Phil Ivey uh, as a brand ambassador. WPT CEO Adam Pliska gave a statement a couple of days ago. He said, we've aligned the brand with talent and events that symbolize the very best in personal achievement. I cannot think of anyone who better represents that more than Phil. And I know players will appreciate the chance to interact with them at upcoming events. Clearly, we knew already that you, uh, they, they like to attach themselves with talent and people who symbolize the best, because of course you've been there for so long. But uh, tell us a little bit about Phil signing and sort of what it means to the team. Well, we got him to do a commercial, which was amazing. You know? the fact, <laughs> he's so elusive. He's That's tough to get. Part. And, you know, this contract didn't go down easily. You know, he, he likes to do his own thing. So uh, <laughs> the fact that we have Phil, we're just super excited about it. I mean, a lot of people don't know you guys probably do, but uh, they, he's got a great sense of humor uh, and he's actually really fun to be around. So the fact that he's tying his, uh, his wagon to the world poker tour, we're super excited about that. And of course, the response that we've gotten in the last few days from his signing has been amazing. So people really love to see Phil and they are, are going to be excited to see him in not only the uh, the the main event, but in the meetup game, he's going to be there as well on the first with Brad and Andrew, who do just a spectacular job. Their signing to me, uh, honestly, is just as big as Phil and Doyle because these two guys have such a following. It's amazing. The events that they've gone to and done all over the world with their meetup games. Uh, it's actually really shocked me to see how many people show up hours before these games to just sign up and get on a list to be a part and see Brad and Andrew. And, you know, they're playing this 10K at the Bellagio and, you know, they're just a couple of normal guys. You know, they're not even the big names in the room. But to the newer poker players and to a lot of people that are online, 
these guys are the, the top stars in the game. I got to be honest. It's weird. It's weird to see. Yeah, they are tremendous guys. I do want to come to them specifically in a moment, but just to pick up on a couple of things to do with Phil. One, the way you're saying that makes me feel like maybe you are quite involved in the process of maybe, you know, talent spotting, getting someone like Phil Kajoling and perhaps maybe he has to, I don't know, lose you on the golf course. Is there, is there anything like that going on? <laughs> I wish. The guy's too tough, you know. He's just a great gambler. He puts me out of my comfort zone. That's the problem, you know. I can't really gamble with his numbers uh, because if I lost, I'd be uh, kicked out of my house, my new house, which I'm sitting in now. Well, the other thing I was going to say, and you almost alluded to it too in a way, is that, down the years, it strikes me that with some of the really big name ambassadors, they sort of make a big splash when they're announced, but then it can be hard for the companies to wrangle them and maybe get them to do some content or contribute in other ways beyond simply just being patched up and making final tables, which they probably will do on a regular enough basis. What will bring? What will uh, Phil bring to the table, in your opinion? Just getting him to events, you know, it's been difficult in the past, you know, he might be in town and, you know, we'll call him before the Bellagio and say, hey, Phil, there's a 10K event. He goes, oh, there is, you know, he's not, <laughs> he's not really paying attention to this. He's got his own things he's up to. He's doing the cash games and doing things that, you know, so just having somebody that's in content, constant contact with him, making sure that he appears at the events that we need him to appear at, uh, I think it's going to be the biggest hurdle. But uh, like you said, if he does that, you know, it's just going to open the eyes to so many people around the world on the World Poker Tour. And, you know, we're 20 years now uh, on the World Poker Tour. Uh, the WSOP has been around 52 years. So, you know, we're kind of in our infancy as far as a tour. But this event and, and getting those ambassadors in the fold was a, a big deal for us. And I think it's just going to make the World Poker Tour grow and be even bigger uh, in the future. So I'm excited about that. As you should be. Well, turning to you, Dara, I'm recalling a... Doug Polk podcast episode where he sort of did a, a series of polls. He got his audience to sort of judge who they thought was the biggest name in poker, the most famous. Actually, sorry, I think it was just straight up the greatest poker player of all time. And Phil did pip people like Unger and uh, Doyle to claim that um, as voted by the sort of poker playing public, if you like. Describe to me what you think when you think of Phil Ivey. Clearly, he's always managed to remain something of an enigma. Yeah, I think enigma is kind of the key word. I mean, I, I, I saw this um, at a WSOP. I was at probably the second last one where he walked in uh, to the room and literally the whole table just stopped and kind of watched him walk by. <laughs> and after he uh, after he was gone, uh, one of the guys at the table said he's literally the only poker player that would have that effect on me. And I kind of realized the same was true for me as well. Like I've gotten used to seeing Negreanu and Helmut and uh, even Doyle and uh, everybody else, but um, he still has this air of mystery about him. Um, and we all kind of get the feeling that he must be a really cool guy. <laughs> um, and there's enough stories to suggest that he is. Like I remember a poker news reporter telling me that uh, he was one of her first big profile interviews at the WSOP. And she told him before she was extremely nervous. Um, so just as the cameras were about to roll and uh, the interview was about to start, he leaned in and he uh, said to her quietly, don't fuck this up. So <laughs> That's, that's funny. Phil. <laughs> he's very funny. I mean, people don't know it, but he's funny. I mean, they're like, I'll st he'll call me over to the table or something and he'll just whisper some, you know, joke to me. And, and it's just like, just he'll just smile and people don't have any idea. He really has a great sense of humor uh, and he's fun to be around. So you have to get uh to that level with him where he 
can trust to say whatever he wants. But at the same time, I think, you know, once you reach that level, he is interesting and, and he is an enigma. He, he's tough to get, he's tough to, for, you know, he doesn't show up at every event. So people don't see him as much. So when they do, they really uh, like to, 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 I guess, turn it, the focus on them. Kind of like Robbie Jade Lou at the last uh, five diamond event. Oh yeah. Well, sorry. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I did see you tweeting uh, that she was at the tables and obviously she made quite a deep run. She was like maybe 50th or something. Yeah, she did. And she, it was funny because she was texting me before she goes, do you think I should show up? I go, well, you didn't cheat, did you? So you just show up. Why would you not show up? She goes, I think I'm going to do that. I go, okay, well, you know, whatever. And then she busted out and I go, are you going to re-enter? She goes, of course I'm going to re-enter. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was odd, you know, uh, and just having little conversations with her here and there on Twitter DM. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I think she's here to stay. Uh, she said she wants to stay in the game. So uh, good enough. Have, have, have at it. Yeah, there's certainly no impediment to her joining up with anyone. And I imagine, actually, she's in a very good position with her name so famous now to uh, to get signed or to you know really get involved in the game. It could be interesting to see uh, going down. Let's get to Andrew and Brad, because you mentioned them there. And obviously, we, we're... We've actually done both interviews now. We've had Andrew on the last show and then Brad's going to be on the next show. We've, we've done that interview. It's a great interview as well. And uh, they're obviously helming this, uh, I think you've dubbed it the Premier Meetup Game WPT Poker Icons Experience. Um, it's scheduled for December 1st at the win. And alongside Brad and Andrew, there'll be Steve Aoki, Doyle Brunson, Lingle Martin, Tony Duns, Vince Van Patten, and your good self, of course, too. There may even be some other surprise people. Uh, Brad couldn't say it yesterday, but he, he could say that there was maybe other names in the pipeline that he wasn't allowed to mention. Yeah, maybe you can break that news to us now, Matt. Well, I think Phil Ivey was one that he was talking about it because I think when he did the interview, it was before he had signed. So I think that would be another one because uh, we were sense. already working on that. Yeah, we were already working on that. So uh, it would be great to have Phil there. But uh, of course, you know, there's going to be, it'll be a who's who. I think that there's a lot of uh, other surprises that we have coming up uh, on the World Poker Tour for this event. Um, you know, I don't know why they're not uh, letting it all out, but I think they're just letting it out in drips and drabs because they want to uh, have the excitement going as we lead into this event in a couple of weeks. Okay, I'm going to do a thing now. We're going to name poker players and then we're going to, we're going to cut back <laughs> to you. So, uh, Patrick Antonius, uh, Tom Dwan. love that. We'd love to have him there. Maybe Tom Dwan, maybe. I don't know. I can't say. <laughs> Tom Dwan's definitely a friend of the company. That let's just say that. Okay, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's a start. Friends of the company. But it struck me, though, I, I was sort of going through the list of, do you remember that Poker King, WPT, 25K hybrid thingy that was, I think they all just went on a uh, sort of, uh, they found a lovely house in Cabo or somewhere and, uh, and, and seemed to be just living it up for a, a few days together, playing uh, iPad poker against each other. And it did boil down to Antonius and Ivy in that one. Uh, it was actually really, really entertaining format. I, I don't know if that's something that you guys plan to do again. We loved it. I mean, it was amazing. We actually did a, Ali Najad and I did like a 30 minute promo video, which we worked on for weeks and weeks. And we were going to release it right before that uh, event took place. And all of a sudden they kind of pulled the plug on it. And uh, I think it had something to do with the fact that, you know, they were having this event in Mexico and, you know, all of the things that were going on down there. But uh, yeah, I would love to see that event again. I'd love to attend that event. That's for sure. Those guys had a great time. And uh, there's some stories out of there that I can't even talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard a few and I will also stay uh, <laughs> lipped to better. But it, it did seem like there was, uh, yeah, just great. Almost like a, uh, a festival vibe, you know, and you just go away camping with your mates. 
Yeah, it was uh, definitely a good time. I wish I was there. Uh, Kathy uh, Zhao, who works with the World Poker Tour, was there. And she said that was a time of her life. So uh, it was an interesting event. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Well, look, before we go, we spoke there about aggressive guarantees and the prospect of overlay at WPT win, which we hope for your, your guys' sake doesn't happen. Maybe since we're going to be playing it, we hope there might be a little bit of overlap. <laughs> guys as well. um, one place where you can find a lot of overlay, hard, seg- hard segue here, Dara. Uh, one place you can find overlay every single weeknight right now is Unibet Poker, uh, the, the brand that we represent. Uh, Dara, you tweeted this week how you really badly needed a few nights off to complete your book, but the overlays kept dragging you back to the site. So maybe just maybe coming back to what you said earlier, is that the real reason your book's not out in two days' time, or is it still uh, Barry's fault? It's, it's still Barry's fault because I, I was working in parallel <laughs> to Barry, and I still finished before Barry, and, and, then, and then he started inventing words. But yeah, I mean, the overlays, I mean, personally, I'm blaming you for this. I think you Wait, whoa, 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 you, have, you have flooded the internet with these back bath pictures of yourself. And that's put a very <laughs> negative connotation in people's minds. Unibet. A lot of people have never opened the Unibet client. These are the people we need to attract to get. <laughs> uh, so now they're, they just imagine that when they open Unibet, there's going to be a splash picture of you in the bath or something. And uh, that's, I think that's just turning people off. I think um, I, I, I'm going for the chubby chaser market here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very specific market and not necessarily one that plays poker on European sites. So, uh, <laughs> well, well oh, you think that because I'm already getting vibes off the Unibet team, who, by the way, were okay with me. In fairness, I did come up with this idea, but they were okay with me doing it. Now I get the impression that everybody wants to throw me under the bus because the overlays are getting too big and they're going to now make me the fall guy. Well, it does seem, I mean, that is the, that's the most obvious thing to point a picture at. I mean, at the IPO, we heard audible groans in the room and it was always when somebody was looking at, at their phone and seeing Twitter and seeing your latest bat pick. Um, it's really not a good campaign. Uh, um, I think stars have probably have cancelled you already, actually. Unibet are very uh, tolerant on this front. <laughs> I have some swimming pool pictures myself. I don't know if they're floating around the internet once in a while too. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to send you those. Well, you, you can publish them if it's looking really squeaky on day one E or whatever it is. <laughs> Absolutely. That'll, that'll get them running. That's for sure. <laughs> well, Derek, did you manage to gobble up any of the juicy overlay this week? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I had a few results on Unibet last night. And obviously, I did a full session. So it's been it's been good in the sense that it got me playing, I guess, in a week. I, I wouldn't have otherwise been playing. Um, the overlays... Uh, I mean, it kind of shows us where we are in island poker now that um, so many of us are just overlay hunting. There are sites, I won't name them, but the only time I ever play anything on those sites is when there's an overlay. Um, so I have six, seven, eight clients over of a night. Most of my volume is on two or three of them. Um, and then others just really come into the mix when I look across and say, oh, wow, that's that's a 10K guarantee. And the prize book is still exactly 10K. So clearly it's overlaying. Um, that's kind of where we are now. Yeah, there does seem to be a bit of it out there at the moment, but that makes sense. And I suppose maybe it's healthy that the, the site's willing to uh, throw a bit of value, obviously, to, to finish with WPT here for you, Matt. Uh, you guys giving away a lot of tickets to these satellites, but you're also overlaying on these satellites. And clearly that's pumping a bit of value into the poker community, which is always appreciated as a poker player, but also um, you know, shows that you guys believe that there is a market there to gobble up and acquire in the long term and that, and that that's a value because some, there have been periods of time where poker has not been perceived as valuable in that way. Yeah, definitely. And especially with guarantees and you know, the things that are happening with guarantees these days, you know, 
the fact that these guys are putting their name and their their guarantees behind their products is very important for us. Obviously, they, the, the running of the satellites so long in advance, you just don't see that very often for these events. And uh, that's what I think makes this event so valuable to people that are coming to play because I think that there's going to be definitely a, a softer side to this field, but also there's going to be a lot of added money to this field uh, through those satellites. And, the, and you know that's a way, even if we do make the guarantee, there's added value for the players that are coming. Great stuff. Well, look, it remains for me to thank you, our guest this week, Matt Savage. Love it. Love it. Uh, anytime, guys, you guys do a great job. Uh, a GPI award-winning podcast. You guys do a great job. I only have five of them, though, you know, so you guys got All oh, right, there we go. There we go. Get, your, get your medals out there. there. There's our one over there. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Mine's in a box somewhere. I just, I'm moving this week, so uh, don't ever move again. That's, that's, I just said it last time. <laughs> And I don't know why I'm doing it again, but my wife wanted to move into a smaller house uh, for some reason. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving right now myself. Actually, this is going to be the one of the last ever lock-ins from this location. There's going to be a, a, oh, a new nice. backdrop soon for the people to watch. Daryl O'Garney, thank you very much for your contributions as well. Thank you very much. My sign-off was going to uh, say that uh, a big part of the selling point for the WPT is the fact that people know that Matt is uh, in charge and that he's too modest to say it, but then he kind of ruined that by bringing attention to his five GPI awards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. We got John Duffy coming. John Duffy's coming. We're going to play some golf. Right. So uh, that's some value add for me, that the fact that he's playing golf <laughs> and Joe Hashem bringing his money as well. So <laughs> Finally, I got some fish coming to play golf with me. I, I love it. Win has many, a great golf course. You can only do one buy-in per flight, but how many flights are there? Because I assume that's what you're getting out of Dutty. Yeah, <laughs> there are three flights. There's uh, 30,000 max. And I love the way we're doing it, the fact that there's no re-entry in the same, the same heat. So uh, it makes it a little easier for those playing that uh, don't have to worry about people firing multiple bullets the same day. Well, look, the best of luck with the WPT win and the best of luck on the golf course too, Matt. All the best, yeah. everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys.